Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, So today's episode, I want to talk about something a a little different. Uh, It's not like mold specific in terms of like how you find it or how you remove it or any of the scientific stuff. It's more about our mindset. And I know I've had an episode in the past I talked about having an action mindset, which I think is important. Um... But it's kind of beyond that. So it's it's not about whether you're willing to do something or not, which is what the action mindset is all about. It's like, listen, basically, like the summary of that is th- there's there's two kind of people in the world. There are people that talk about doing things and don't ever do it. And then there are people who actually take action to better their lives. Th- those are the two types of people that there are. A lot of people are talkers. A lot of people are researchers. Sit here and read stuff online and on Facebook and and studies and search and do all this stuff for months and months and months, but never actually make a change in their life based off of all of that stuff, right? And a lot of people do that. And it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to pull up your phone and just read about everything and feel like you know everything or you're educated, but then don't take any action on it, right? And... You know, that doesn't do you any good at all, except except maybe impact your emotional state some more because now you understand maybe a little more what's going on, but then you're still not doing anything about it, right? So that's really what the action mindset is about. It's about taking action on something. It's understanding that there may be a problem. It doesn't have to be a mole problem, whatever the problem is. And understanding it, figuring out what the next steps are, and not and actually doing something. And I think one of the um, uh, one of the reasons that a lot of us don't do something right away is that we're always thinking of some external factor that's going to stop us from being able to do it, you know. And, uh, you know, the easy thing with mold issues is is money. And I get it. It's it's not cheap, but there are things that can be done that are that are less expensive. They're not the full answer, but there are at least things that you can be doing, you know? Um, and anyways, that, that, not that I was going to mention this, uh, this wasn't in the plan, but that idea brings up, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of or read the book, rich dad, poor dad. Uh, but in the book, there's basically this kid and he has two dads and one dad is a wealthy dad. And the other one is a not so wealthy dad. And the, it's kind of just like, showing how the wealthy dad approaches things as compared to how the unwealthy dad approaches things. And one of the main things I pulled out of the book was this uh, this way of framing things to say, how can I do something versus saying I can't do something, right? So for example, like in this book, you know, if, the, if they wanted to go on vacation or something and the vacation costs X amount of dollars, the, the wealthy dad, the rich dad, he would say, all right, well, how how can I 
afford this? How can I make the money to do this? How can I get us to get on this vacation? What are things that I can do to make this happen? The poor dad basically said, uh, we can't go on this trip. We don't have, we don't have the way to do it. We don't have money. We can't do it. And that was that. And that was the end. But when you ask yourself, like, how can I do something? It opens up more opportunities for your mind to actually be the supercomputer that it is. And, uh, you know, there's so much to, that we could dive into that, you know, you talk about positive affirmations and, and things that you tell yourself and the way that you look at certain things and your kind of emotional setup and all that stuff. Um, but that does impact how we think, you know? And so, um, you know, thinking of things in the, how can I versus I can't for me personally is a super powerful thing. And I think about everything like that. I, that's how I think about everything. If there's something I want to do, I think about how can I do it, right? So like I had this goal of I want to reach 100,000 people and help them find hidden mold in their homes. That seems really freaking daunting. And how the hell do you do that, right? So I could have said, well, I, I can't do that. I have like at the time, like 2,000 followers on Instagram and we get, you know, so many calls a day for an inspection. So you add that up and I don't know, that's going to take me... 50 years or whatever that's going to be. Right. Um, and I could have just chalked up the bat and been like, I can't do it. I don't have enough people that follow me. I'm not, you know, I'm not important enough where people will listen to me, whatever. I took the other route. I was like, how can I do that? I was like, well, one thing I know about myself is that not to toot my own horn, but I know what I'm talking about. And another thing that I know about myself is that I've, uh, that I've heard from others is that, I explain things in a way that's easy to understand. Um, quick side note. So I did this other, um, I read this other book that was called Six Months to Six Figures. And it was this book about how to get yourself to making six-figure income within six months. And it gave you all these kind of actionable steps of things that you could do and, and whatnot. And one of the things in that book that really is kind of the only thing I've, I've really taken away, I think, from it, uh, but it had a major major impact on me was trying to understand what you're good at from someone else's point of view. So, you know, we, we know ourselves, maybe not as well as we think we do, but we talk to ourselves all day long in our heads and we're very close to us, right? We're very close to ourselves, meaning that we don't get the uh, the outside view sometimes of things that we're good and also things that we're not good at, you know, uh, and it's it's good to have that audit every now and then to see things uh, that maybe you've become good at that you're not aware of that you can um, you can expand on and then things that you think you're really good at that you're not really good at that maybe you should try to, uh, you know, if you run a business, maybe find someone to do that piece for you. If you just in a personal life, maybe do some work on that piece or decide not to really focus on that or whatever it is, right? And so that was one of the things that this thing mentioned in the book and uh, what it what it recommended doing was, uh, you know, write down the 10 people that know you the best. It doesn't necessarily have to be family, but just the 10 people that know you the best at that time. And uh, it basically, it wrote an email. There was an, there was an email in the book for you to copy. And it was something along the lines of, hey, guys, I'm trying to better myself. I would really appreciate if you took a couple minutes to answer these questions. There's a few questions in there. And it was meant to help you understand what 
is your strengths and what are your weaknesses basically right so i i read this book and i'm like yeah i want to make six figures in six months who doesn't want to do that cool i'm the kind of guy that if i am gonna try to do some sort of method or something i like really commit to doing that because if you're not then what are you doing it for right and um, I think it probably comes from doing, you know, from from being on the mold side of things and understanding there is a method to get things done the right way. And if you take shortcuts and you don't do things the right way and then you look back and you're like, ah, why is this not working? It's not working because you didn't do it. Right. So like if I'm going to take the time out of my day, I'm not like reading isn't my favorite thing to do, but I do like reading these types of things about bettering myself. Right. So if I'm going to take the time out of my day to read something about bettering myself, I'm not going to then look at it and be like, well, this guy's cool. Um, I'm just going to maybe do this instead. Like, why would I do that? Why even read the book? Right? Like, that's just how I look at things. So whenever I'm doing something, whatever it is, if I'm, if I'm in a program, uh, you know, if I purchase some sort of educational thing, if I'm reading a book that's about different steps that I, I do them, I do them all and I give it a chance. If it doesn't work and it doesn't work for me and that's fine. And that's definitely happened. But if I don't try it, then I never know if it's going to work. Right. And then again, why did I even read the book? I could have been playing with my kid and, and making that kind of memory instead of using my time somewhere else. Right. So, uh, anyway, so I read the book. I, it has this email. I send the email out to everybody. So, uh, everybody responds back. And one of the things that I take out of it are, I think there's two things I really took out of it. Well, well, one big one was that I, and this is what people said. They said, Brian, you explain things in a way, no matter what it is, that just makes it really easy for me to understand what you're talking about. Like, and something else, someone else said, like, it's very clear that you're really smart, but you but you communicate in a way that's easy for other people to understand. Like these were kind of the things that people were saying. And I was like, whoa, I was like, I mean, I've never really thought of that. You know, maybe it's just this natural thing where I want, you know, you, you interact with people you want to get, you want to make sure they're understanding. And so maybe I just had this skill or something. I don't know. So that book led to that email, which then led to me creating mold masterclass which was the first step in me helping 100,000 people before I even knew that I wanted to help 100,000 people. Um, and uh, that course got uh, got members across five different continents across the world, which is freaking amazing. And it was all from basically reading something and applying it, right? And saying, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And I didn't just give it a shot for like a week, right? So this thing was basically saying, Brian, you... Um, are good at at explaining things in a way people understand. That was it. And I said, okay, well, if I just looked at that and said, all right, cool, and not thought about it at all, then like nothing would happen. But I said, okay, so if this is what I'm good at, right, and I am reading this book about I want to make six figures in six months, so that was a goal of mine. And and then I've been doing the mold thing for at that point five years and I had already become very passionate about it. If any of you guys have heard my story, so I had all these things. I was like, how do I put all of this together? And that brings me back to the rich dad, poor dad thing, right? How can I do something? How can I do it? Not, I can't do it, but how can I do it? You know? And so I, it took me a while to even figure out like a, training course uh to educate people that didn't i mean that took a while to like manifest and come together but 
that's how that ended up happening. All right. So um, that that's kind of the first piece of it. Right. So there's, so there's a couple a couple things to recap from there. One is to think of things in the how can I achieve something versus I can't. Right. And try not to get caught up in the overwhelmingness of what's happening. The second thing is that if you're going to um, hire somebody to do something for you or or start working out because you want to see some sort of difference or whatever it is, if you want to do something, then actually do it. Okay. Don't be one of the people that says, I'm going to do something and then never does it. Because honestly, guys, at some point, people get sick of talking to you. Because all you do is talk about, yeah, I want to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then you literally never do it. And then the person never wants to talk to you again about it. So think about that, guys. Like think about where you are in your life. And it might be it might be mold related. It might not be right. But if it's mold related, here's maybe an example. It's like, listen, I know mold is really making me sick and I know this is happening and this and this and this. And you keep telling your family and your friends and then you're never doing anything about it other than than telling them that it's happening. And at some point, those friends are going to be like, well, um, okay, first off, we don't really understand, so we don't believe you. And then second, like, if you were doing something to prove them wrong, then they would believe you, right? And then it brings up the whole emotional side of things that, that people don't believe you and you start to feel isolated. And uh, and the whole thing that goes along with, with dealing with a chronic illness like that, that is invisible and that people can't see and that you get this detachment from other people well, would you have that detachment necessarily if you were able to point to things that you took actionable steps on and it started to help or started to validate that there was a problem or anything like that? All of a sudden, you have proof to give to people and to yourself, right? And so by doing something, you're taking steps and you're and you're showing what's going on, right? So, so it's not about making other people believe you. That's not the point of this. But it's about understanding that if you want a difference to happen in anything that you're doing, you got to do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, then nothing's ever going to change, right? Like it's the whole, it's the whole thing with the world. Like stuff just doesn't change. It's physics. I don't remember who the guy is because I, physics was the only class I ever got a C in. I don't know why, but um, something about something in motion doesn't stop unless you stop it, right? Like it's, it's this whole concept of things, they move until they are made not to move or until they are changed direction or whatever, right? So be the change in direction for yourself, you know? Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna hire a mold inspector to come in that and they say there's a problem, listen, they might not be the best inspector. There's a, I have plenty of episodes about how you should you know about that, right? But let's just assume that you have me coming in your house. If you have me coming in your house, then listen to what I'm saying, right? Because if you invested in having me come in and and I show you things and then you're not going to take action on them, then what is that going to do for you? Right. And uh, that, you know, that's that's a big piece of it. And, you know, mold specific, like tying a little bit back to mold and this idea of, uh, you know, maybe not taking action on what's going on. Uh, there's this other thing that I've I started to think about after having a couple conversations with clients over the last couple months about, you know, we're finding things in their homes and they're hesitant about moving forward or whatever it is. And by the way, guys, a lot of the hesitancy is because we're thinking in the future, like, Oh, what does this mean? What if this happens? And then you like, don't even want to know. Right. And if, if that's the case and you really need to audit yourself before 
you bring anyone in. And then now this isn't mold specific. This is literally anything. If you're going to the doctor because you're not feeling well, but you're afraid maybe you have cancer and you're like, well, I'm not going to go to the doctor because I'm afraid I have cancer. That's one choice you can make. If you go to the doctor, you find out you have cancer and then you're like, well, I don't really want to deal with cancer. That's the same thing as having me come into your house, find problems in the house and then saying, eh, that's cool. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not ready to do that right now. You need to be ready. Like make sure that you are ready before you take whatever step you're going to take. And, and it takes time for us to be ready. Um, different people, different things need to happen for you to actually be ready. Right. Um, but whenever you are ready, that's when you do it. So don't, don't do it too soon. Right. Talk to yourself. Uh, understand where your head is at. Are you truly ready to move forward? And if you are, then that's great. And if you're not, then, then that's okay too. You just have to understand that, right? Now, okay, so now back to moles. So this other thing that, that kind of came to mind with me in the last, uh, in the last couple of months, I've seen it happen. And I started thinking about this is this idea that, that mold doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your feelings. It doesn't care about your rationalizations. It doesn't care what you think about stuff. It doesn't care what you're afraid of or comfortable with. It literally can care less about you, right? It doesn't mean it's not impacting you. So if it, let's just say me again. So if I'm showing you things that are happening in a house or you get MoFinder's method and you find things yourself that are happening in your house, which by the way, um, I've been getting texts and emails of people finding things and sending me pictures of stuff they had no idea existed until they went through the program and followed the steps. Amazing, right? Uh, but anyways, if you're finding things that, that are potentially a problem and then you start say, you start rationalizing it like, oh, well, you know, I know where that leak came from, so it's not a big deal. Or, uh, you know, I just... I, I'm just going to focus on these things right now. Like, I don't want to know what's happening there because I want to do this, right? So, like, if you have a plan and it shows that maybe there's 10 or 12 things of issue and you say, you know what, I'm just going to, we're just only going to get information and maybe even test these three things because this is all that I think that we can handle, right? That's cool. That might be all that you can personally handle. You know who gives two shits about what you can personally handle is mold, Right? And so uh, by you choosing to ignore something that's happening in the house somewhere else doesn't mean it's not going to affect you. And that is so important. Okay. So just because you choose that we're not going to look here or we're not going to test here. I talked with a client the other day and they, um, they're renting their place and they have an attic and uh, I was, they didn't want us to go in their attic. I'm like, why don't, why don't you want me to go in the attic? Like their the attics are very important. And they're like, well, I mean, we're not gonna be able to do anything about it. So I, I kind of don't want to know. I don't want to know was the answer. And my response was, well, well, why am I here? Like I should just leave. If you don't want to know what's happening, why am I here? Right? Because let's say the attic is the worst part and we don't look at it. And then I go through the house and maybe I find like a leak under a couple sinks and maybe a couple other isolated things and, or whatever. But let's say the attic is the worst part. And because they did not want to know what was in the attic and why did they not want to know? Because of what it meant, right? An attic is expensive, 
that means that they would have to talk to their landlord about doing something bigger and they really love their house and they didn't want to have to move and they were getting emotionally invested in what was going on instead of thinking logically about what's happening, right? That's the other thing about this is that we can't let our emotions take control over the situation. Again, mole can care less about your emotional state, okay? It is a silent assassin that is just constantly working, right? And if it's producing mycotoxins, it's constantly working to kill anything else that's living in its environment, and it will keep taking out targets until you eliminate it. This is war with these guys, right? If we were in war and said, ah, I don't want to worry about, um, about the East Front over there where they can maybe attack us because... You know, I don't like it over there as much. So I'm just going to focus over here. You know what they would do? They would all come over the East Front and kill us. That's what they would do. And we have to think about this this way, right? This isn't emotional. This isn't this. If your emotions get in the way of your thought process on how you're handling things, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Sometimes our emotions are for our benefit. Sometimes we are so ready to move forward that we don't necessarily care about the steps on how to get there. We're just so excited there's a path to go that we do it, right? And that is also, that's also letting your emotions run the show. Now, that's good because at least you're not blocking yourself from moving forward. But what, what that can trigger is that not understanding the full method. Remember how I talked about whenever I read a book or do a program, I literally do every single step and I give it a chance and I give it a real chance. If you're too emotionally invested, you're going to skip steps because you want things to happen faster. And so you're going to be like, yes, I need to know where the mold is. Cool. Let's bring this person in. All right. I got this person. They said that this is it. Okay. I'm going to get a remediator in. The, the first person told me how to do it, but I called this remediator because I couldn't wait for their protocol. So I just called the remediator before I even knew what was happening. And I said, hey, this inspector found uh, something here, 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 and here. I just need to know what it costs to fix it. And the remediator's like, well, I don't even know what's here. They're like, I don't care. Just what would it cost to fix it? In the meantime, your inspector hasn't even gotten lab results yet or put anything together and then hasn't even given you a remediation protocol yet. And then you already have your remediator lined up you already have your bid in place and then your your lab results and your protocol comes in you look at it you're like ah okay well i already talked to the remediator he's doing it we're gonna go fast i need to go fast i need to get back into my house right now i can't be sick like this anymore i need to do everything i need to do and your emotions take so much control of you that you skip steps you go too fast it doesn't work and then you think that it doesn't work and now you crash and you sometimes get into a depression and sometimes you start feeling isolated and you think you've done everything that you can do. You, you weren't blocking it, right? You weren't the first example of somebody who is purposely giving excuses not to do something, right? You're not the, you're not the I can't dad. You're the, high, you're the how can I dad, except you're not using your brain. You're using your emotions. So you need to be the how can I dad or mom. I'm referring to the book. So, you know, just that's why. But the how can I person, right, with edu with educated decisions, <laughs> like that's what you need to be. If you're the how can I and you start skipping steps and moving at the speed of light, things are not going to happen the right way and it's not going to work. OK, so a couple things. How can I? Right. That's step one. How can I? Step two, you have to be willing and in the place to do whatever it is that you've figured out that needs to be done. You have to be open emotionally to the idea of doing it, okay? That's step two. Step three is that you have to realize that if you are not ready and you feel like you only want to know certain things, that mole can freaking care less about that. And if it's a problem somewhere else, it's going to get you, all 
All right. That's what mold does. So you have to understand the full picture of what's happening. After you get the full picture, you can make decisions on what you want to move forward with for remediation, right? Just because you know that you have, let's say, 10 problems in your house, doesn't mean that you're being forced by anyone to fix the 10 problems in your house. But you know what it means? It means that you now have information in front of you to make logical decisions. Does that mean that you move? Does that mean that you focus on the areas that are much worse than maybe a couple of the other areas are? Whatever that means for you, you can start thinking about that. So that means that you get rid of the person that is so emotionally driven that they're just doing whatever everyone tells them without thinking about stuff, right? So you don't become that person. At the same time, you have to be emotionally available to move forward. So you need to have your emotions in balance in order to do this, right? And it's something that no one ever talks about. Nobody ever talks about your emotional balance in the process of healing or making change or anything like that. But can you see how all of that works? If you are not ready emotionally for something to happen, and you're not in the right state, you're either going to overreact or underreact, okay? And both of those can have a problem. And so you need to be in a good state of mind to react properly. Now, if you just can't be in that state of mind, then you need to bring somebody in that you trust that could be that, that could be that checks and balances for you, okay? So whether it's your husband or a friend or your, or your kid to help you go through this and navigate this and be the logical uh, view in your emotional storm, then that's fine, right? Let them be that for you, right? Uh, at the same time, if you're not emotionally available, then you need to talk to somebody about becoming emotionally available. It's not going to happen on its own, right? Like talk to your, your, I mean, I talk to my wife about everything. We have such an amazing communicative relationship and it's fantastic. I know that not everybody is in that spot, but I literally talk to her about everything and she talks to me about everything. And if I'm in a weird place or something's not going right in work, or I'm dealing with a client that is upsetting me for whatever reason, or we're trying, whatever it is, right? If, if, I mean, for example, there was a phase where, where my daughter kept hitting me and toddlers do that, you know, and it was really upsetting me and to the point where I noticed that I wasn't wanting to like pick her up as much, not because I didn't love her, but because I was afraid she was going to hit me in the face. And I talked to my wife about it, right? Because I didn't want that passing on to my child that like I was afraid to hold them or something, right? So it was a communication thing that we had and it's fine and it passed and it was not a big deal, right? And, and we helped it, but it was building up in me. And if I didn't have that conversation and talk to her about it, I don't know. I mean, you know, it wouldn't have obviously changed how I feel about my daughter, but it might have changed how I interacted with her and that could have had an impact on her and I didn't want that to happen, right? So talking about stuff is super important <laughs> to get yourself emotionally ready, all right? So we know where we need to have emotional balance, emotional equilibrium. We know that we need, to, in, in, in turn, we need to be able to think logically about decisions that we're making and not be driven by the emotions. We need to be ready to move forward and we need to understand that mold gives, d doesn't care, right? So if you're not ready, that's okay. But if something might help you get ready, it's the fact that mold is not waiting on the sideline for you to start playing. Like mold is playing right now and you're in the game whether you like it or not, all right? So um, this was a much different type of conversation. I can't believe I just went on for 26 minutes about all of this, but it's something I see a lot and it's something that I think, you know, maybe can help some folks. So listen, um, I'm going to wrap this up. This is just something for you guys to chew on. Um, I hope you guys found this type of episode useful versus the normal kind of technical stuff and, and all of that. 
Um, love to ask you guys if it's this episode or any other episodes. I've had so many people talk to me about, I've, I've listened to every single one of your podcasts. I've literally went through and listened to them all in two weeks or in this amount of time. And now I'm texting you. Um, I'm putting myself out a lot for you guys. I'm giving you guys a lot of free access that consultants don't do. They don't do this. They don't give their time for free like this. Um, something that I would love in return, if you could, is to just, you're listening in an app, wherever you listen to your podcast right now, just switch over to the review page and just leave me a review. Like it helps the podcast get more visibility. This is one of the ways, uh, the podcast is one platform of one of the ways that I want to be able to reach a hundred thousand people. So this is an important piece in my journey and my goals is this podcast and it being able to be visible for people. So one very easy way you guys can do that. I'm not asking you to go share this around in groups or tell all your friends about it or whatever. Although if you want to, I feel like that'd be amazing. But literally on your phone, just give me a just give me a review and not just a rating. Like I'm going to ask you to just take like one little extra step and spend like another 15 seconds and actually type out a comment and a review. If you could do that for me, I would be so appreciative. Um, you know, I give you guys so much. Uh, and I, I never really ask for anything. So I would really love for you guys to do this uh, for me. So if you could find in your heart to do that for me, I would very much appreciate it. It's going to help me reach my goal of of helping 100,000 people. And that's that's my goal right now. And I want to get there. And I would love if you guys could help me do that. All right. So have a good one. We will uh, talk to you later. Uh, and please leave that review. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 